Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast. I am Dave Etler. Luckily for you, dear listeners, I am not the only person here in the studio today. Say hello to Matt Wilson. Hi. Say hello to Adam Irwood. What's up? And we have some new co-hosts. Laura Quast. Hey. <laughs> and Kendra Fry. Hi. Hi. What brings you guys here today? What what made you go, oh, this sounds like a good idea? I was just feeling like embarrassing myself and as wide of an audience as I could. Nobody gets <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laura said she was going to be here and I thought I'd give it a shot. Okay. Fair enough. You're, I, I would like to have heard that you were longtime listeners. And, that, that too. And that, <laughs> and that you wanted to learn how to communicate with the masses. Uh, but, you know, that's, that would be bull. <laughs> Nobody is a long-time listener or, or cares. I'm a short-time listener. Are you a short-time yeah, listener? Yeah, I started listening over break. Oh, okay. So. Cool. Well, uh, I want to start off today with uh, some feedback we got um, on Twitter. I think, I think we've made it personally because we were the subject we were the object of a tweet storm never been the object of a tweet storm before but uh so background recently recently we discussed the possible appointment of robert f kennedy jr someone who has expressed his anti-vaccination positions on his radio show and elsewhere he was uh, going he was allegedly possibly going to be appointed to a so-called commission on autism by the president and in our written show notes i described Kennedy as a known anti-vaxxer, which prompted Twitter's SnowFox8 to reach out to us. Uh, I've condensed his tweet storm here, so let's uh, listen. As someone who looks at med school applicants, the term anti-vaxxer would be a strike against you. Use of ad hominem and labels even before med school entry does not reflect objectivity or professional humility. The Cleveland Clinic is disciplining the director of the Wellness Institute for racing concerns over vaccines. As a research physician, this scares me. No physician should ever be sanctioned for expressing concerns. Challenger was lost because engineers who expressed concerns were not listened to. Labeling critics as bad science. Uh, where to begin? So let's start. <laughs> I'm sorry, because this is going to be the first part of the show is going to be basically all me talking. So please feel free to interrupt and react while we go along. Because uh, this guy made me a little <laughs> upset. So let's start with the idea that labeling people would be a strike against a medical school applicant. Um, yeah, probably not a good idea to engage in labeling people uh, sort of willy-nilly during, on, either in some application materials or during an interview. I mean, would you guys agree that that's probably not a bad, not, an, not a good idea? Do you mean like, <laughs> medical applicants labeling other people or labeling labeling other people labeling I don't know like like what does labeling mean I mean I, I don't know I guess um, I feel like there's a difference between you know he brought up like making ad hominem arguments against people um, well and we'll get to that <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, I guess I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that um, 
labeling somebody as anti-vax is an ad hominem argument. I think that deals yeah. with their yeah views. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I feel like labels that actually describe people's views when used in the appropriate context, i.e. a discussion of that subject, probably are appropriate, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, but, I, you know, during a med school interview or application, you got to be real careful about what you're doing. You don't want to, you know, basically shoot yourself in the foot by doing something that might offend somebody else. So, you know, try not to use, I guess, offensive labels. So, you know, tips you can use for your med school application. You do generally want to try and be non uh controversial in your yeah i mean it's medical school <laughs> applications this is pretty yeah, good, general piece of advice it's a good say. idea yeah uh but that does bring me to the definition of ad hominem which i think he has wrong uh if you don't know what it means uh it's a fancy latin phrase that describes a logical fallacy in which an argument is rebutted by attacking the character motive or other attribute of the person making an argument um rather than attacking the substance of the argument itself so, for instance, uh, don't believe Dave's definition of ad hominem because he's a fat slob. I mean, that, that would be like, <laughs> a, that would be ad hominem. Using the term anti-vaxxer in a discussion of health policy, I don't think fits that definition very well. I don't think it does either. We're just describing their own views. We're not saying anything about them. Right. I mean, if you were to say that uh, you shouldn't take Robert Kennedy seriously for any reason because you know he has a history of you know of substance abuse problems and you know things like, that would be ad hominem that would right? be ad hominem right um I, I, as, believe, I believe that's true i don't know if i just like slandered robert kennedy but i think that's true <laughs> <laughs> sorry as for the, well you know i, I <laughs> as for the cleveland clinic disciplining a doctor for raising concerns about vaccination i did look back on the uh column to which he is referring. It's a long story, but basically the doctor in question published an article in the local paper ranting about vaccination after having a flu vaccine, which made him feel ill and went on to support a litany of arguments from the anti-vaccination crowd on things like vaccine adjuvants and preservatives and vaccines, overburdening infant immune systems, even going so far as to link autism and vaccination, which we all know was discredited a long time ago. Uh, so basically my thought is that the Cleveland Clinic is probably damn well justified in saying to their director of its wellness institute knock it off um because all of that has been basically i think th there's there's no evidence or there is evidence against all of these facts so-called facts and finally regarding engineers not being listened to prior to the challenger disaster uh that's a terrible analogy because while it's true the engineers were expressing a valid concern of engineering to people who wouldn't listen their concerns were backed up by what science evidence and facts and evidence a doctor expressing pseudoscientific concern about vaccination is not the same thing and so um anyway i, I did ask uh, snow fox what research he did because he said he was a research physician and uh he uh, he didn't say much other than that he is particularly interested in the topic of dogma in science and medicine Mm -hmm. uh, and he did say, he did recommend, and I, I plan on doing this, I haven't done it yet, you want an education on medical certainty, read the history of tourniquet use and non-use for hemorrhage in the U.S. So, might want to might look that up. I, it 
sounds interesting, actually. Um, but uh, he, he tried to refer me to his LinkedIn profile, but never told me who he was. So that's a little difficult. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for trying. Anyway, keep the feedback coming. If you've got uh, anything you want to tell us, um, rarely do I disagree so vehemently with uh, <laughs> with our, our uh, commenters or, or uh, the feedback that we get. Um, so, you know, let us know at the shortcodes at gmail.com. Call us at 347-SHORT-CT. Um, there's any number of ways to get in touch with us on the social network of your choice. I do think that dogma and medicine is an interesting topic, though, because... One of the things that we learn about is, um, you know, they, you hear all the time, um, you know, your, your knowledge will be uh, obsolete by the time you graduate medical school, which mm -hmm. is one of the reasons that you have to be a career, you know, learner. And I often kind of wonder about, you know, what are the things that we're learning now that we'll, we'll end up finding out are wrong. Um, I don't think that it's likely that vaccinations will be among those things, but I'm sure there's got to be something. I mean, it, it is true that, um, to play devil's advocate, I suppose that, um, there are, there are things in medicine that you learn about, um, that you hear about, um, having been accepted as fact that were later, um, disproved. So I, you know, that is a fair, uh, a fair topic of discussion. I feel like. Sure. And, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally true. Um, there are things that we accept now to be truth that will turn out not to be true. But, you know, when you're talking about uh, things in medicine, um, it's important to use evidence as it exists right, right now, um, not evidence that doesn't exist. And I feel like that never existed or that was <laughs> false evidence that, that got, you know, discredited. And, and vaccinations are particularly, I think... Um, sensitive topic because you have potential to do real harm to populations and, and to individuals by discouraging vaccinations. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, again, thank you. Snow Fox eight for uh, getting in touch with us. Um, appreciate that. Um, I want to ask you guys, what do radiologists and dermatologists have in common with pigeons and artificial intelligence? Me. <laughs> Hazard any guesses? Categories. What do you mean? Like they have categories? No, sorry that they can they use categorization to identify yeah. common problems. Oh wow! Yeah, oh. they do. Kendra. Was that right? That was that was yeah. pretty much right. Yeah. Nice. I no really idea. Impressive. I was going to say they're basically interchangeable, but um, and they are in some ways. Um, in November of 2015, we discussed a University of Iowa slash UC Davis study in which. Uh, pigeons turned out to be about as good at uh, seeing tumors and mammograms as radiologists, um, <laughs> even when fed, even when shown novel images that they hadn't seen before. Uh, and now Stanford researchers have come up with a neural network that can diagnose skin cancers and other diseases based on, uh, you know, images taken in the clinic, maybe even smartphone images. Uh, which I find interesting. I, I mean, you know, because because they've got these dermatoscopes. I don't know if you've seen one of these. I mean, they're varying degrees of fanciness, but they're all, you know, relatively expensive. Um, and, you know, it's basically a, a, a magnifying lens with, uh, you know, that uses non-polarized light to look at, you know, look through a film of liquid, which eliminates reflections from the skin so that they can easily see these things. But basically you take a cell phone snap 
and feed it into this algorithm and it'll tell um, the neural network's performance was about the same as the accuracy of 21 dermatologists who were shown the same image. Um, so, you know, radiology, dermatology, maybe your days are numbered in terms of, at least in terms of looking at images, uh, which I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I think that is really interesting. And I've also heard about radiology, especially kind of being outsourced. And, um, you know, I've heard things about how the field isn't going to be as there won't be as many spots in the future because it's going to be kind of obsolete. Mm. So, I don't know. It's just something you think about if you're interested in radiology, I guess. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, we, you, there's interventional radiology, which is a whole different, it's true. you know, ball of wax. There's, uh, and, of course, there's a lot to do in dermatology other than just looking at skin cancer, I'm, I'm mm. assuming. Um, I've heard pathologists um, be mentioned in that same category. Just things that deal with a lot with pattern recognition, which is what AI is pretty good at. Uh, People are great at it. I mean, people are incredibly well. I mean, the the thing about AI, at least the state of the art now, it seems like you have to feed it a ton of information Mm -hmm. um, before it can even get started, you know, looking at things. And you think, oh, that's the same with humans. But humans are actually a lot better at taking a few um, bits of information, some instruction basically on a topic, and then generalizing that to um, to to do well in these pattern recognition tasks, which I guess is the difference. On the other hand, it's a lot cheaper to feed a probably a lot cheaper to feed an AI than it is to uh, feed a medical <laughs> student. So right, <laughs> yeah, I could see for a lot of different tasks there eventually being this automation and optimization through AI, but I think we had talked about this the last episode. I think I was on it when we talked about AI. Are you saying we're but... boring? Are you saying, are you saying we, we're beating a dead <laughs> yeah, horse? Yeah, beating a dead horse. No, but I think I had this thought and then I didn't get are. it in. And so now I have my opportunity, finally. <laughs> I've been holding this in for months. I mean, for like dermatology, maybe I don't know as much about radiology, but there's still gonna be a need for a human element, you know, in terms of uh, medical students having that ethical training and decision-making ability, you know, that AI wouldn't be able to do. So, I mean, you can outsource certain tasks, but for, I mean, the entire field, I couldn't see an entire field being wiped away because of AI. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. I think um, patients demand will demand human doctors. I think that's one of the, and that may change with generational turnover. Um, you know, people say the same thing about self-driving cars that, uh, well, you know, I would never trust a computer to drive my car. Well, that's because you didn't grow up with the idea that computers can drive cars. And, you know, children who grow up with Tesla driving them around um, may be a lot more comfortable with that. A idea. level of trust that we didn't yeah. We didn't have. Well, I'm sure when bank when uh, ATMs were first uh, invented mm-hmm. back in the I'm going to say that they were probably invented before this, but I remember using my first ATM in the 80s when I was a <laughs> child. You know, I'm sure people were like, "Oh, I'd rather go to the bank teller. That's such a much more personal." Now I'm like, "Oh god, I, I don't want to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, uh, also in the news this week, if you need skin but don't have it, uh, your option at the moment involves having it harvested from another part of your body, either a full thickness graft or a split thickness thickness graft. So I don't know. Do you guys uh, you guys familiar with these terms yet? Because I wasn't. 
So full thickness graft basically means they take a chunk out of your, you know, a chunk all the way through the skin. They take a chunk out and they put it on some other part of your body that needs it. So all the way through. Uh, part, split thickness basically means, you know, anything from a thin slice to a partial slice of the dermis and epidermis, right? So now you have two wounds, unfortunately, um, which is kind of which is kind of difficult. But uh, some Spanish researchers have come up with a uh, bioprinter that uses human cells and other biological components to reproduce the sort of the natural structure of skin, including the external epidermis and the dermis. And the resulting skin turns out to be functional, can generate its own collagen and and things like that, which is pretty cool. Um, and this past January, a Chinese biotech firm took a step towards making artificial humans human organs by printing functional blood vessels from stem cells and then successfully implanted the vessels into a monkey. Um, and I happen to be on a 3D printing kick, so I <laughs> find this really... I've been... Long-time listeners, if you are, if there are any, um, <laughs> will have heard me talk about 3D printing before. It's just something that I always am fascinated by. You're making uh, blood vessels and hearts and stuff at home, are you? I would... That would be amazing. I don't know what I'd do. I'd be like, great. So blood <laughs> vessels. I think IRB might. They'll uh, get stinky after. Have a I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Freaks no. people out at Halloween. That's about it. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with this. I'll put it on a shelf until it stinks. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty. I just got a 3D printer recently. I'm very excited about it. And uh, did you 3D print these little uh, ear uh, headphone hangers? I, they look like I they're 3D. Did. They, they got our our it initials did. in yeah. there too. Oh wow, that's what they do. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, that was my. So my my goal in having a 3D printer. As to number one, learn about it. Um, and number two, don't want it. So I don't know if you go and look up 3D printing, you'll invariably see people printing out like, you know, trinkets, owls and keychains right. and things like that. And you're like, why? What is, the, <laughs> what is the point? What is the point of this amazing technology when all you're doing is printing out, you know, like Pokemon? That would be me. <laughs> would you be interested in printing Pokemon? Absolutely. Just because it's cool. Do you like Pokemons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. Do you I, not? That's why well, it's just another thing that I don't understand, you know, like. Oh, that's oh, our generation. Yeah. You missed well, that. That's, my, I, I uh, kind of missed that too. My, my, okay. my son is into it, you know, like, that's fine. I just don't understand why you would spend, because basically the problem with 3D printing right now is that it takes hours in mm-hmm. some cases. Like these, these prints took roughly seven hours to make now that's that's wow, actually each? well no uh, total because oh, i had okay. them all printing out at the same time that's still a lot you have a tabletop oh. printer though yeah so it's going to be it's going to be slow it's going to be slow that. I, yeah. I mean we, we spoke uh well uh, you know adam here has experience with or at least uh, has seen in operation um fancier ones that might zip through the process a lot faster yeah i worked with some uh when i was with halyard health doing manufacturing r d so yeah. i've done a decent amount with 3d printing but yeah this is like a cheap chinese uh, import that costs basically 200 bucks and still does something cool, which is you know awesome. Um, what I was going to say about it is, you know, I'm not sure that I want to, that I personally want to sit through like, you know, four hours in order to print a Pokemon. It's just, you know, but the great thing about it is like this thing and probably the Pokemon, if you look at it that way, I mean, you couldn't get it before. It's not like you could like you know, buy it. So I, you know, I, I designed this and then I printed it. It's so cool. It reminds me of, uh, some, a story I heard about of a guy who is, uh, printing, um, like I think just like the receivers of, uh, automatic weapons. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, because I, I guess I'm not super familiar with how like guns work, but um, the part that makes it either um, semi-automatic or automatic is like the receiver. Okay. Sort of like, I don't know, the middle part of the gun. And it's illegal to have a gun that is, a, you know, a receiver that is fully automatic. But he has basically figured out a way to 3D print them and made the, uh, he like posted the plans on the internet. Yeah. And oh. I think I think that got him a visit from like the ATF or something <laughs> Yeah, like I would that. think so. Sure. <laughs> this um, is a, yeah, this is a conversation <laughs> ongoing in yeah. uh, whatever, in the, the in 3d printing circles like you know is this a legitimate use of the technology blah 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 yeah i mean it just i think it just goes to show that technology is not um you can't control technology once you, once it's created once it's out of the yeah, bag, yeah yeah it's um that's why it's, it's such a powerful force for change i think is that people will find all sorts of uses for it that you know if the creator didn't envision so what's interesting about newer 3d printing is that you can print so, so sort of like these uh, you know blood vessels and and organs or whatever that they're trying to they're trying to come up with ways to 3d print you can print things that have moving parts in them like all at the same time so that you could print it and then you wouldn't have to assemble it it would just be a working functional mechanism which uh which i find uh totally amazing like things that you mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to put together with working parts but you can print it like with a working part that, yeah i guess so or or I even just know about that or even just, um, you know, if you if you have it, like if you wanted to, you know, have a clock, uh, you know, you'd ordinarily you'd get all the different pieces and you'd put them together slowly and meticulously and all that kind of stuff. But in this alternate system of manufacturing, you just print it all at the same time and it works. Wow. Um, now, I, you know, I don't know if clock is a good example because <laughs> clocks are pretty precision yeah. instruments and 3D printers may or may not be, but... <laughs> It's a brave new world. Um, it is. It's, it's, you it's, get shot by a 3D printed gun and go to the hospital and get a 3D printed organ. Right. <laughs> right. <That's, laughs> yeah. There's some symmetry there yeah. that I like. <laughs> nice. Uh, even cooler, perhaps somewhat ethically problematic, researchers have created the first viable human pig chimera oh, yeah. embryo. Um, there's a political joke in there somewhere, but we don't need to... Uh, I think to go on with that. I think one of your pre, uh, recurring co-hosts, Levi Endelman, I saw made the joke about you just need a little bit of bear DNA in there now, and you, right. South Park has come to life. <laughs> this is man bear pig. <laughs> this is happening. Uh, so this international team basically injected adult human stem cells into a developing pig embryo, and the human stem cells uh, survived uh, for for a few weeks until the embryos were destroyed. And, and generated the precursors of muscle, heart, pancreas, liver, and spinal cord tissue, which, and so the reason they're trying to do this is to, uh, to have animals that grow human organs instead of their own so that they can be used for transplantation. Um, so, I mean, cool, little, some ethics uh, wrangling. That needs. In fact, um, in the US, this sort of research was, um, was uh, basically banned um, so that's why this was, I guess, uh, done in Spain and funded privately. Um, but you know, I'd like to grow a pig with some human organs, keep it in the backyard until I need them. That'd be pretty sweet. 
This reminds me of a book I read when I was really young. I think it was called The Scorpion King. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. So it was basically this really old dude. I think he's like 100 something years old. He keeps all these clones of him, like young clones of him. And then he just harvests the organs and Uh it follows the story of one of the clones. It's a really interesting book, although I'm pretty sure I just spoiled the um, entire twist of it. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, yeah, it's a really good book. So it just kind of reminds me of that. It's just the concept of like, what is too far yeah there's a movie i think i think ewan mcgregor is in it i want to say i can't remember it's like the island or something maybe oh yeah about uh, yeah it's like a a colony of people who they convince that they're like the last people on earth and some people are chosen to go out into the recolonize the earth every so often but then he escapes and realizes that they're all just like a farm for organs Mm, let's avoid that if possible that's terrifying (laughs) That was kind of a spoiler. Yeah, also. <laughs> Dave, right. put a spoiler alert. And spoiler alert in the that in. Yeah. for the Scorpion King and the island. I think it's yeah. called the House of the Scorpion. I was just trying to remember oh, the name. Oh, yeah, uh, not the Scorpion. Okay, well, yeah. I was gonna it say, was, it's been a long now time, we all know. guys. I think that's like a, a movie with The Rock or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That's awesome. Do you remember when Dwayne Johnson was kind of a... Uh, I mean, he was a. What was he before? Was he a wrestler? He was on WWE. Yeah, yeah. you know, remember that? That's how he got the name The Rock. Yeah. I, I know. But he, he was, was a man. He yeah. he was, uh, but but he was, you know, a wrestler, and you don't take him serious. Now he's like, you know, on a, Fast and the Furious. He's a serious, yeah. more or less serious action film star. But then I saw uh, Moana the other day, and I realized halfway through, as I was looking at this uh, this animated character, I'm like, that looks like Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> And it turns out it was Dwayne Johnson. They just put his face on this character, basically. Mm. And uh, did he do the voice too? Yeah, he's yeah, the he voice. Wow. Yeah, wow. He's very talented. I'll give him that. He is smart guy too. Takes seems, a lot to seems make. like in his interviews, you know. Yeah, I think it. I think it takes a lot to make the jump from like WWE, which is very niche sort of thing, to is it? Gosh, <laughs> I think so. I, don't I went. Know. To, I don't know. Goldberg tried it. I don't think it worked. I went John to Cena. A, John Cena. He yeah, it. he did it. Yeah, I went to a wrestling match you know that sort of wrestling match uh, a long time ago in high school and I was sitting in the crowd and and uh, in front of me there was this uh, family family parents several kids and uh, the littlest kids probably I'm gonna if I my, in my memory is probably about five years old and he's flipping the bird to the wrestlers <laughs> and mom's like now we only do that here <laughs> for wrestling <laughs> So I don't know. That's funny. I haven't. I haven't. That's that's my only experience with live (laughs) wrestling. A friend dragged me to it, and I was like, "All right." I feel like that used to be kind of big, like back in the nineties. Oh yeah, a lot of people were into that wrestling stuff. Yeah, just kind of faded out. Well, interesting. uh. I don't know if it's completely Adam. faded out. Yeah, Adam's like, Adam. No, I'm not. Are you like a closet wrestling yeah. fan over here? You're trying to pretend like you WWE on my I, chest. I don't think it's much of a closet thing with Adam because he's like pulled out a couple of wrestling <laughs> yeah. names today <laughs> without any problem whatsoever. I mean, uh, the current administration running the government has several uh, people from WWE. Like Donald Trump was in WWE once, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Is that, really? I didn't uh, know that. The lady. He wasn't a wrestler, but they had yeah, him on a... Yeah. Oh, like a... I, I think cameo. Lin, Lin, is it Linda McMahon? I want to say is like up for a cabinet position or something like that. So, what? oh wow, yeah. what cabinet position? <laughs> don't get me. Don't don't De- put me on this department. Track, man. Department of wrestling. Smackdown. I don't know. <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> I yeah no. Anyways, don't, don't put me on this track. Yeah. I, I I I vowed not to. Uh, 
Well, not to spend much of my time on on topics like this. Although, I have to, I have to admit, having a department of SmackDown would be pretty. Yeah. It would go a, some distance. A lot of potential towards changing my opinions. <laughs> mm, what a tangent. Uh, well, you know, that's what we're all about. Uh, so it's been said. That those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. Medicine is chock full of history. I don't know if you noticed it. It's got some history to it. In fact, uh, we've got our own history of medicine society here at the Carver College of Medicine that you might be interested in, uh, in looking into. Um, but let's see how good you are at the history of medicine in this pop quiz. I need to get some music. I need to get more music. That was pretty good, though. Well, you know. Uh, in front of you are some cards and some uh, sharpies. I'm going to ask you some uh, fill-in-the-blank, uh, actually multiple-choice questions, and you are going to answer them. Um, these are uh, questions relating to obsolete medical terms, concepts, things like that. Things from the history of medicine. We'll see how well you do. Keep track of your scores, because I'm no good at it, and, uh, and we'll see how well you do and if you should pass the maybe maybe they'll add this as a step (laughs) (laughs) after this uh this term is a reference to certain mental or physical states such as hysteria mania clinical depression bipolar disorder lightheadedness fainting flush withdrawal symptoms mood swings or pms where a sufferer lost mental focus and it's ascribed mostly to women is it ab (laughs) Is it ablepsy? Is it apoplexy? Is it vapors? Or is it grip? Write your answers down. You don't have to discuss them, and then we'll go. We'll we'll talk about what you think, why you chose your answer. Keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> Adam's looking particularly smug. <laughs> Stakes are high. Yes. All right. Let's start with you, Kendra. Oh boy, I wrote down two answers because I couldn't now, decide. What you can? Oh, uh, I, yeah, I wrote I all four them. answers. I ordered so. them. <laughs> all right. My my first choice was vapors, but I don't know why I thought that. Okay. Mm. Vapors all, right. all the way. Oh, so you, so, what was your other choice out of curiosity? Apoplexy, but I'm I'm not a fan. I'm I'm not convinced. You're not a fan of apoplexy. Nobody is. <laughs> Nobody is. All right. Uh, and why did you? So what? Did you just choose at random? What What was your thought process? No, I was kind of thinking of, I, I don't know, I I could imagine some of those symptoms could be caused by like inhaling things and maybe there was some sort of, I don't know, I, okay. I'm not really sure. Yeah, they, I, I imagine they could be, yes. All right, uh, Laura, what's what's your... Uh... Well, I said the second one, apoplexy. Ab- apoplexy. Yeah, that one. I said that I one. Remember. But after seeing the reactions of the group, I would like to change my answer to vapors. Well, you wow. <laughs> you cannot do that. All right. Uh, yeah. And you cho- did you choose apoplexy at random or did you have a... Um. Yes, oh, okay. absolutely. Right. Yeah, it just sounded legit. Hmm. Well, the first two, I had no idea because it would have just been picking at random because mm-hmm. they just seemed like random words. Mm-hmm. I kind of think I maybe should have picked grip, but <laughs> vapors, vapor seems, I don't know. That was more of a hunch pick. I don't know. It didn't really seem to have that much to do with the symptoms, but okay. I really I thought you vapors. knew because you did like a fist pump when I said I vapors. I just was excited. <laughs> okay. I'm not alone. <laughs> All right. And you, Matt? I, I, I also put vapors. I guess I kind of have this uh, like 
vignette in my mind of you know kind of a southern antebellum lady mm-hmm. like, oh, oh yeah. my oh my i have a the touch vapors. of the vapors yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely which i adam you're from the south right so you, yeah yeah you've maybe that's maybe had subconsciously it was right? my southern isn't, isn't that apoplexy isn't uh to, to feel apoplectic isn't that like to sort of not feel like sort of a state of um, not caring or sort of depressive, not, you know, you're I depressed. I think you're thinking was apo apo of apathetic. Apo- oh, my uh, So here are the, here is a, the, the, the correct answer is in fact, vapors. Yes. Um, but it, it's so <sighs> names. It's not because <sighs> it's not because you might've gotten these symptoms from inhaling things. It's actually so named because it was literally treated with smelling salts or oh, vapors. That makes sense. Smelling salts. Okay. Uh, ablepsy is blindness. Apoplexy is paralysis due to stroke. And grip is another name for influenza. Influenza. So mm. used to say, I have the grip. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, in the 19th century, this was a frequent occurrence and led to a diagnosis of railway spine but also but was often dismissed as malingering so is it rail workers throwing out their backs injuries in which railroad spikes penetrate and protrude from the skin with the point outwards uh, railway crashes or ptsd experienced by conductors due to rude customers Can you repeat yeah, those can you again? Re- yeah, those are long. Yeah, we've got uh, rail, rail workers throwing out their backs, injuries in which the railroad spike protrudes from the skin with the point outwards, railway crashes, or PTSB. Um, PTSD. <laughs> PTSD. 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 It's the milder form. <laughs> That's the old term for it. PTSD experienced by conductors because of their rude customers. And the root of the question one more time. <laughs> uh, this diagnosis this led to a, All this the this led this this frequent occurrence in the 19th century led to a diagnosis could lead to a diagnosis of railway spine. Huh. Can I get the country of origin? <laughs> United States, <laughs> Victorian U.S. Um, I felt okay about the last one. This one, I I had no clue. Yeah, me neither. It reminds me of the Phineas Gage thing. That guy who got uh, the railway injury. He got yeah. like a mm. like a bar through his head or something and he oh out, okay yeah it's like a, there was an explosion and it and it basically blew this uh metal bar through his his skull he survived and it's credited for being the in a way the birth of modern uh, neuros neuros uh, neurology because they were like oh he no longer can do these things memory huh. stuff like that yeah. oh interesting and i think he had a personality change i think it yeah. affected his frontal you right lobe. right uh, okay, well, what do we have for answers there? Let's start with Matt this time. Huh. Um, I put back injury, which you would think people would believe that railway workers actually could easily have, but I don't know. I, maybe the, it's the insurance company, like they had insurance. But anyway, <laughs> maybe it's the railway companies saying, yo, you're faking it. Right, yeah. All right. That's, that's good logic. What about you, Adam? The railway injury... Uh, made too much sense. The back pain <laughs> yeah, made too much you. sense for me. The railway and then, <laughs> made too much sense. And then the crash, it just seems too specific. And I liked the PS- PTSD, PTSB, because uh, <laughs> it just seemed interesting and tempting to pick at that one. So, okay. All right. 
Laura? Um, so I was thinking about the thrown out the back thing, but it just seemed too obvious. I went with the unicorn answer of the railroad spike, just because it seems weird enough that it could be right. The literal <laughs> unicorn answer. Yes. All right. Uh, and Kendra? <laughs> I was sort of thinking that same thing, but I ended up choosing train crashes. But right. it is pretty specific, so I don't know. Why well, we all chose something different. Yeah. Ooh. Well, the answer... Is in fact railway crashes. Yes. Oh, that um, Man, two for two. I'm feeling good. <laughs> interestingly, and maybe this, maybe you know, you can get half a credit if you chose this answer. Um, uh, it did have a, uh, it probably had a PTSD component um, because you know, and first of all, it's it's it, you know, it's unclear at this point, you know, what it really, what it really, what the the ailment really was. But it could be uh, some have some elements of PTSD. It could be whiplash. It could be some a lot of lumbar issues. Or yeah, it could be a lot mm-hmm. of things. Most of the people who experienced it were sitting um, uh, in a position where they had their back to the front of the train. So when the train crashed, they went backwards. And, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, so, mm-hmm. so anyway, there you go. A little history for you. Um, if you were diagnosed with milk leg, <laughs> you had. Was it uh, thrombosis of veins in the thigh, usually seen after childbirth? Disease from milk of cattle, which had eaten poisonous weeds? Or disease from drinking contaminated milk? Um, so the difference being, I guess, um, uh, there's an infect- uh, infectious element there. Which of those three? So we've got uh, thrombosis, we've got uh, poisonous weeds, and we've got contaminated infected milk. You guys all chose your answers pretty fast there. Let's uh, let's start with Laura. Um, I said the last answer, that it's just an infection. Conta- um, or from drinking contaminated milk, all right. Yep. Um, did you have a reasoning for that? or? Um, you know, it just kind of sounded right. That's how I choose most just of my answers. Just doing what med students do. <laughs> in, yeah, in real life, that's what I do. Just this one sounds the most right. All right. <laughs> uh, I concurred with uh, the... The milk leg one, or the fourth one. The, the third one. There were only three answer choices. <laughs> only three. I, the, I, chose the, I chose the fourth one. Well, I made my own. Okay. Um, but yeah, this seemed to make sense. All right. Uh, Matt? Um, I put uh, thrombosis following pregnancy. Okay. I guess just because that can cause like edema and, you know, people have like really swollen legs and weeping sores and I don't know, like. Jeez. You lactate after okay. pregnancy, you know, you give yeah, birth. I didn't think so about that. Uh, maybe the milk was like getting stuck in their leg, they thought. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It gets weird and convoluted <laughs> <laughs> rationale. Back then, they thought babies got milk from sucking on toes. So uh, go ahead, uh, Kendra. I also chose thrombosis. I didn't have quite as good of a rationale, um, but I know that there's a lot of complications with childbirth, especially. Uh, back in whatever era this was from. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, yes, it turns out that thrombosis of veins in the thigh, uh, usually seen after childbirth, is the correct answer. The other two uh, were called milk sickness. That was the poisonous weeds one. And then milk fever was probably staphylococcus from drinking contaminated oh. milk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was trying to think about what you would actually get from drinking contaminated milk, and I couldn't think of it. I yeah. was like, oh, there maybe you get a rash or something. Tuberculosis. Don't drink. We just yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just learned that today. You can get tuberculosis from drinking contaminated yeah. milk. Yeah. Apparently, cows have tuberculosis in them, so that you can get tuberculosis from a cow. What's the other? This I didn't write this question down, but what's the other? What's the old term for uh, thr- uh, uh, tuberculosis? 
Oh man, the black lung. No, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's not it. It's consumption. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? Got huh. the consumption. So you get uh, um, you just get like lesion those lesions in your lungs. Oh, okay. Like consuming, consuming your lungs. Your lung, yeah. Got it. Um, if you had one of these on your face, you'd probably have it lanced. Is it photoaurus? Is it gathering? Is it dropsy? Those are the three answers, Adam, just in case you lost track of the number of... <laughs> lanced? Yeah, you might have it lanced. Can you repeat them again? I'm sorry. Photoaurus. I think that's how you pronounce it. F-O-E-T-E-R, if that helps. Uh, gathering uh, or dropsy. Kendra's three for three. You might mess up your record. Your I, record I'm here. definitely going to on this one. Have you all locked in your answers? <laughs> all right. So uh, if you had one of these on your face, you'd probably have it Lance. What say you, Adam Irwood? I spent half the time trying to figure out what Lance meant, and all that came up was <laughs> the crackers. What? But, uh, what, what? Lance crackers. What are, what, what are Lance Crackers? crackers? No. Is this a Southern thing? No, Lance Crackers. Come on, son, go thing. get your Lance no. Crackers. They've got that song, <laughs> I got Lance in my pants. You heard that? No. no. What that's is a, happening? That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I said Dropsy, and uh, right. I didn't have any reason because I couldn't figure out what Lance meant. All right. <laughs> Wait, let's to go stab. back to this Lance Crackers thing. stab it. Is, is Lance Crackers like a kid show? Like, let's no, they're like what peanut butter filled crackers type thing. Oh, you know? oh and that's like their Nabisco commercial. And, what do you have yeah. them in your pants for? I do not. Because you put them in your pocket, I guess. <laughs> pocket crackers. This is a the must. thing. Oh, YouTube it, listeners. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, uh, Laura, do you have a response there? I said the first one, the photo room. <laughs> I don't know what any of these words are, you know, clearly. You know, you know what I love about this is, is usually it's me who's mispronouncing the uh, the the uh, medical terminology, and now I get to turn the tables. Yesterday, I had trouble saying the word nucleus. I kept saying nucleus over oh, and over. Nice. I said it literally like five times. It was incredibly embarrassing. That's the, that's the George Bush. I was about to say the George Bush. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we should bring up politics again. No, he's passed. Uh, I, love, I love George Bush now. <laughs> The old uh, recently, days of George Bush. <laughs> Just recently, I'm. I love him. Uh, all right, Kendra. I put dropsy because I recognized that term, mm, but I probably I got it right. Then. I don't really know what it is. So, <laughs> well, it turns out uh, you're all wrong. Uh, gathering is a collection. We're not all wrong. That's what I put. Oh, you did put. I'm sorry. A gathering. Jeez, you did <laughs> not put that. <laughs> did you? Oh, you did. Did, did I not? Uh, did I not no. hit you? Oh no. Ouch. I'm never coming back. Sorry. That's <laughs> it. Uh, well, in fact, you got it right. Yes. Gathering is a collection of pus. Um, Photoaurus is bad breath. And dropsy mm -hmm. is a swelling of, a, of, the part of, of the body or part of the body due to a buildup of clear watery fluid. I suppose you could have oh. it lance, but usually edema is more you like... You don't want to lance that. Yeah, you don't want to lance so. You'd have to yeah. lance your whole body. That doesn't work out <laughs> no. real well. All right. If you were lying in... What were you? Male, female, intersex, or Dave on a Sunday, still in bed at 1 p.m. watching YouTube with crackers on his chest? Lance, Lance crackers. crackers. Lance crackers. <laughs> All over his Lying chest. in. Yes, lying in. Were you male, female, or intersex? Or you could choose the last one. Last one would actually be technically correct. <laughs> could possibly happen on a Saturday, too. It's been known. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Kendra, what did you write down? I wrote down female because I'm pretty sure that was what they called it when they were in the late stages of pregnancy. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm not huh. sure, though. Like bad rest for pregnancy. Yeah, right. I think so, mm. but I don't know. does make sense. Uh, Laura? Um, well, I'm zero for four, so I have low confidence in my answer, but Kendra also said it. So I, I said female as well because they came up with all kinds of weird names for... Um, lady things. Yes, women. lady things. Oh. Mm. Yeah. I said lady. That's what I like I to call female. You do? Yeah. Okay. I like to call it lady things. Mm, Whatever it is, it's a lady thing. It works. Uh, I Matt. put intersex because I it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed to be the one standout answer. Well, well articulated. Uh, the answer is female. And it specifically refers to the time of delivery of an infant. So I guess if you were lying in, you're getting ready to, to give birth. So, mm, so you're right. There you go. Cool. Um, this is our last question. Some find it hard to resist fiddling with this. Is it a sanguineous crust? Is it wolf? Is it screws? Or is it Quincy? What? What? <laughs> did you make these foils yourself? No, I did not. <laughs> Could you really I never knew what the word foil meant until I came to, 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 to work here at med school. Um, it wasn't a term that was used. Uh, I had in never general. heard yeah. it here until here either. I think it's interesting that I, yeah. I think and the now reason it's my whole life. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason is because you know when you're like an undergrad, you know foils are still they still exist, but professors don't talk to you about you know how they're making up their exams or whatever. And here at med school, they're all like you know oh we need your feedback on our exam. Right. Did you like the foils? And eventually you learn it. But. Also, I never had multiple choice tests in undergrad. I feel like they were all oh, just really? written out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what major oh. were you? Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but I also had to take the science classes, and I feel like all of mine were normally, you know, you had to write, like, short answer. Or Actually, yeah, most never. Or, yeah, I don't think I, like, maybe I had a few short answer tests, hmm. but... But you were too much writing, unless there were numbers, then I would write them. You were yeah. an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I was a psychology major, so... I don't remember. Studying uh, the vapors. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we have some answers here. Uh, well, shall I read through them again? Yes, yes please. please. Uh, this is, it's hard to resist fiddling with this. A uh, wolf, a sangu sangu hmm, sanguineous crust, uh, screws, or Quincy. I think you guys should, you know, like really memorize these terms. And then break them out on the clinic someday. <laughs> Pull it out on the ward. Yeah. Clearly, here's Quincy. <laughs> Professor. Awesome. Prof <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to have to. Uh, it's time for you to be lying in, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's we'll take care of that gathering. I'll have to lance the <laughs> She's got the milk leg after, after lying in. <laughs> Oh, are we ready? All right, Adam Irwood. I what? put uh, sanguineous crust. All right. I like the word sanguineous. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Sounds like an Italian dish. Yeah. All right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also put sanguineous crust because I felt like that might be like a scab. Yeah. Right. It sounds real nasty. Some people can't stop picking their scabs. All right. All right. Sounds like Laura had the same... Yes, the I also said idea? sanguineous crust. All right, and I also said sanguineous crust. Uh, that was that was uh, that was too easy apparently because that is that correct. Right? It is awesome. a scab. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, sanguineous crust. Wolf is a rapidly expanding, possibly malignant growth. Huh. Uh, screws is rheumatism or mm. rheumatoid arthritis. And rheumatism sense. itself is probably an older term. Mm. They don't really. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Quincy is tonsillitis. So. Oh. so there you go. I had Quincy as a child. Quincy, yes. <laughs> I was diagnosed with Quincy. <laughs> Uh, so very good. So who, uh, who, who, who got the most right here? I got the most wrong. Does that count for anything? It does. Where's my prize? It does. You get a, you get an 80 on your step score for the, uh, old timey, <laughs> the old timey quiz. I got, mm-hmm. uh, four out of six, which I believe is a D. Uh-huh. Adam, how'd you do? I got three out of six. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. Looks like Kendra. I got five. Is yeah. our, barely. is oh, the barely. winner of our quiz today. Good job. Good job. That's our show, folks. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. If you like what you heard today, uh, why not share us with your friends? Uh, Put us out there on the social media or whatnot. Um, We uh, love to hear from our listeners also. Uh, Give us a call, 347-SHORT-CT, or get in touch with us at Facebook or Twitter or... You know, do do a tweet storm like Snow Snow whatever Snow Space Fox. Eight Snow Fox Eight did. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Shows made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our closing music, our opening music is by um, Doctor Something or Other Vox. Doctor Vox. I've been saying this yeah. for like five years. I don't know Dr. why Vox. I can't. Remember. Our closing music is by Argo Fox. Talk to you in one week. Bye.